Welcome back, everyone, to the Cheap Lunch Podcast. It's exciting to be back with Brayden. Hello. Hey, how are you? Nice fluffy jacket today. Oh, thank you. I'm very warm. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and I would say probably one of our brightest guests. Mm. I was going to say, because you, we were talking about... Uh, yeah. Welcome, Christine, to the podcast. Thank you. We were talking um, about... You could have worn your rainbow dress. I know. That's, I was saving that comment for the. I thought you were going to wear something really yeah, bright and colourful. Yeah, I know. I, I, I did Amina. I was just saying before that I actually was wearing my catacorn dress, <laughs> which has got ra- rainbows on it and cat yes. catacorns. Yes. Catacorn. Yes, cat- but I did cat- get changed for something a little bit more age appropriate, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually really boring. That's just code for boring. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I wasn't saying that. <laughs> the cat- if, if people don't know what a catacorn is, can yes. you explain it? Yes, I can. Which part is cat and which part is unicorn? So the unicorn is the horn and the wings. Oh, oh it has wings. wings. It has wings. Does the unicorn have wings? Yes, flies. flies. But I thought that was a pegasus then. You can be a Pegasus and not a unicorn, I think. Okay. In mythology. Okay, but yeah. a unicorn can have wings. Yeah, I think, and I, th- I think a unicorn can also not have wings. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. That's what I I'm thought. no expert on unicorns and Pegasuses. <laughs> anyway, Eck, if you want to bring up what a unicorn <laughs> is on Wikipedia, <laughs> you always do that, Eck. For <laughs> I like, I like, I like keeping him giving on his him toes. a challenge. Yeah. The thing is, though, his editing is unreal. Yeah, I don't know some people only listen to the audio podcast, but if you want to check it out on YouTube, oh, that's how I've consumed Chip ah, Lunch. Interesting. So. Mm. Because um, yes, he does some really fun editing. <laughs> Remember that one where you started talking about me, and then I just went on my phone, and he just had me playing a game. <laughs> that was awesome. Playing some Flappy Bird. Uh, Sorry, love it. Flappy yeah, it was Bird. Flappy Bird. I think that's what it was. Uh, Christine, welcome to the podcast. Thank as you. We said. Thank, Thank you for you. coming on. You've been telling me that you've been a little bit worried a bit about nervous. the podcast, but yeah. there is no need to be no, because I feel very uncomfortable now. Uncomfortable or comfortable? I mean, both, right? <laughs> I mean, this is stressful, but you know. Doesn't need to be, though. No, no. that's right. Uh, I'll well, get into we, it. we hopefully will make you feel comfortable mm-hmm. and, you know, you can slay the podcast. I will. I go. mean, I know oh, I will. As long as I do better than my daughter, then I'll be happy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about beefs on part twos. <laughs> this is creating yeah. a beef. Well, now we have to have a beef. We have to have a part two with. You and Amelia. Oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> that would not be a good combination. Yes, no, would. That would be a lot it of editing would. required. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I would enjoy that anyway. Mm. Um, Christine. Yes. We start every podcast yes. with one particular question. Brayden, why, yes. why don't you do the honours? I've forgotten it now. I haven't been honest. Oh, so come on, Brayden. Oh, Even I on. know. <laughs> Gosh, and I'm a newbie. <laughs> uh, Christine, how do you like your hot chips? Oh, my goodness. So this answer, it's complicated, right? And I know mm. that we've been taking tallies. Well, people have been taking tallies about chicken salt versus oh, yes. plain salt. But, like, chips are like a whole food group. Like, you can yes. have them in so many different ways. Mm. And I really don't limit, like, my consumption of hot chips in one particular area but Mm. for me the rules generally are it has to be salted of some description i do like a chicken salt but i also like a a plain salt especially if it's like good quality like chunky rock salt like the like malden salt or something like that like like what um grilled do their salt is yummy Um, that has some herbs in it yes they do rosemary yeah yes yes and but i also always have to have a dip of some description, oh. although I don't really love tomato sauce. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I will I have dip. Do you mean like 
and aioli. Actually, I do I do dip hot chips in hummus, yep. yes. Mm. Garlic like sauce or a garlic dip. Like, like yes, Lebanese sauces mm. always top notch. Yes. Um yeah. When I was growing up, my cousins introduced me to McDonald's chips with mild curry sauce back in the eighties. Oh, and yes. it was like that is the that's the best possible. They brought it back. McDonald's brought it back recently just for a little bit of time. And, oh, my gosh, it was so exciting. And then they did not continue, which was very sad. But generally with a dip of some description. Yeah, wow. that's how I like it. But I will, I, pr- I won't eat a chip unless there's a dip or a sauce. Oh, so you, w- you won't eat it just no. on its own? No. Huh. Too dry. Yeah. Boring. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> it's not is, worth it. Yeah, everything seems to be in a category of like exciting or boring for you. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty accurate description of my personality, isn't it? Title of the episode. (laughs) Exciting Exciting or boring. boring. (laughs) That's that's cool. Um, Mm. Particular place that you like to get chips. If you you had to get chips right now and you had carte blanche about where mm. you wanted to get it where would you get it from yeah well if i could apparate or like travel really quickly <laughs> <laughs> it would be <laughs> to when we lived in nara there was a hot chip shop down there or it's actually a chicken shop yep. owned by friends of ours and they invested in like they called it salt of the sea but their seasoning oh. was like lemony and salty Ooh. and herby all together it was the most delicious seasoning ever and i've never no one else ended up I've never had them anywhere else. But right. it was controversial. It definitely divided people Ooh, down there. People yeah. either loved it or they hated it. Exciting or boring. Yes, exactly. There was no in-between. People yes. were passionate or they hated it. So oh, that would be where I would go. Chooksies oh, on the uh, main highway. Tooksies. For when we go to Week Away, we should definitely Ooh, see if they're still yes. using it. Do a chip lunch. Yes. 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 Oh, we should do an episode with... Chips from Tuxies. Mm. Tuxies. 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 Oh, I've seen Tuxies. Tuxies, yeah. I've seen Tuxies. Yeah. That's a. I they sold that business, so I don't know if they've still got the same owner because mm, I know yeah. that that seasoning was was much more expensive. I'd always see that name yeah. Tuxies and feel like that's not really working. Isn't it either Chooks or Chickens? Tuxies always made me think. Oh, oh it's an institution. Sorry. Well, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm glad We it is would eat there once a week minimum. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because their chickens were beautiful as well, really good, and the great salads and stuff. Great, easy Dead dinner. <laughs> they didn't have live chickens in the restaurant. I, did not they? that I saw. <laughs> <laughs> I can't guarantee. We just uh, pl- plucked this one out the back. <laughs> Yikes! Um, yes. Would you ever do? Um, I was just thinking one of Braden's favorite is poutine, right? Yeah. Have you ever had that before? What is poutine? Oh, so she hasn't listened to no. the episode. No, I didn't no, listen that to that was, one. No, that was Louise's episode. Louise's, but you are also a big fan. Yeah, well, it's just it's just chips, gravy, and cheese, basically. Oh, cheese! That's yes. a new one. Mm. Yeah, I do like chips and gravy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. that's a classic. Yeah. When you were yeah. mentioning dippings, dip. Is it melted dips. cheese or just sprinkled cheese? Well, it's cheese curds, so it's like. <gasps> oh gosh, of you lost me. No, no. no curds. Like, yeah, yeah, that's like, like it's mozzarella, mozzarella stuff. Right. Okay. Like so I was just imagining like cream, like cottage cheese. No. Oh. No. Okay. No. 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 <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah when you're talking about dip i was like i definitely go gravy on the side (laughs) most often now. yes yes yeah actually i will add have you have you tried um the steak diane sauce at miranda rsl oh my (laughs) gosh it's the best ever they are good for gluten-free options Uh, yes which is Ah, how we found them and the hot their hot chips or their chicken gluten-free chicken stencil Uh in their steak diane sauce oh my gosh so good wow Mm mm-hmm 
Oh, some really hot tips, chooksies yes. and Miranda Aris. That's right. That's I know. Right. I'm a bit of a connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of boring and exciting, <laughs> the second question is how did you become a Christian? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, like, I, I did put a bit of thought into this question because, you know, we get asked that from time to time as Christians, don't we? Mm-hmm. And the answers sort of evolved, I think, um, as I've aged in, and reflected on my life and been aware of people just through connections, um, people who prayed for me when I was a young child and stuff. So non-Christian home, parents open to me going to church, dropped me off to youth group or well, you know, kids club if I wanted to go. I had a friend in primary school who um, prayed for me and asked me every week to go to Sunday school or church camps or whatever was happening. Mm-hmm. And I went sometimes and I didn't go other times. But um, we've she went to a different high school, um, but we've reconnected as as adults. And um, yeah, it's been amazing just thanking her and, and explaining to her how thankful I am for her and her family for really praying for me and sticking it out even though mm-hmm. I didn't like – you know, they saw no fruit of that, that ministry yeah. in that in the short term. But yeah. that was, I feel like that was really quite pivotal in many ways because I don't think anyone else really prayed for me or made an effort to introduce me to Christ. Definitely not in my primary school years. But anyway, my parents sent me to Inabara because they wanted me to go to a private school, which was um, <laughs> lovely. I had a great experience in, in Inabara. My teachers and all the teachers there were beautiful Christians and worked hard to um, not only teach us about the Bible and and share the gospel, but did a good job at actually getting to know us as human beings. And I, again, I was a rat bag of a teenager. My gosh, <laughs> the poor things. <laughs> um, but I really did benefit from their love and their grace with me and um, introducing me to Christ and journeying with me as I matured. I didn't actually become a Christian until I was in year 12. But I had a solid belief that it, the, everything in the Bible was true. That was, that was the truth. I knew that. I definitely knew that. And I don't remember when I knew that. I knew that in primary school. I just knew that that was what it was. But I also knew that in order to take your faith seriously, you couldn't do certain things as a teenager. You couldn't party and you couldn't do all sorts of things, which at the time was my priority because <laughs> I don't know if it would shock you guys, but I actually was a bit of a rap and <laughs> did partake in some crazy partying as a teenager. And I We're do, coming back to that. Yeah, <laughs> I do vividly remember like praying and actually talking to God um, and saying, yeah, God, like I definitely believe in you and I will take you seriously, but I'm just going to party a bit first. Wow. I'm just going to okay. have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really like, I just wanted to have some fun. I just wanted to have fun. That was yeah. really my priority in high school. Um, and then I think at, when I became a Christian, I actually had a friend who did challenge me and kind of put me on the spot. And I was like, okay, it's time. I've had my fun. You know, I, it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. And I'm ready to take this seriously. And I, I remember vividly remember this, sitting down with um, John Dixon's book, A Hell of a Life, which really clearly sort of stepped me through, you know, what Jesus what Jesus' life meant for me personally, for sin and why he needed to die on the cross for the sin of the world and why that was important for me to pay attention to and um, and and why I couldn't run from him anymore really or, or pretend that there was anything more important than that. So I do remember in my room like committing my life to Christ after reading parts of that book and just having a real kind of honest talk to myself and 
And what I learned since then is actually being a Christian and taking Jesus seriously is actually way more fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had heaps better times and life and, and have lived life to the full beyond my expectations way more than I ever did as a party hard world, worldly person um, as a teenager. So, yeah. Well, First of all, a great way to start the podcast. You're doing really well. Don't need to be Thank worried you. about it. <laughs> I wanted to just, you mentioned a couple of things during that, that little section. I want, But I wanted to ask you the first, that was towards the end was, what was the challenge from a friend? Mm. What did they say to you that to make you start really thinking about it seriously? Well, they were a Christian and, um, you know, I had positioned myself closer to them knowing that they probably would challenge me mm. on oh, reflection. Okay. And, you know, I was... I was curious, like I was asking Christian questions about their faith, about church, about what life was like as a Christian. Because again, I didn't really have a reference point mm. for life as a Christian. Like I, yeah. my parents were not Christians. I didn't have, I wasn't really that close with friends. So I'd never really been to church as a teenager necessarily, but I had school experiences of Christianity. I'd seen the Christians at school, but, um, and then, yeah, they obviously saw that that was really important thing that I was investigating and 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 probing and they just said well what are you doing like are you a christian or you're not really that's essentially yeah. what they asked me <laughs> and i was just like oh i don't know like yeah so then i had to figure that out and yeah god is good and i was given i can't even remember who gave me that book but someone did and i read it and it's still to this day the most amazing book in terms of just stepping through the importance of of what jesus came to do in the world and how yeah, sin needs to be dealt with. Is there um, a part, like a, like a section of that book that you really it still sticks no, in your mind? No, no. I okay. have, I have like sections like that of different people's sermons over the years that oh. I'll never forget, but mm. not that book specifically. I think because by the, by year twelve, going to Inaburra, I'd had the gospel message, you know, mm. preached and explained, <laughs> probably hundreds of times by that stage. So it was all, it all made sense. You know, it was, it was reasonable. I. I, I believed it. I knew I believed it. It was just a matter of actually making the decision to take it seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's actually one of my favourite parts of doing this podcast is seeing how God works through the most random different things, We like depending on who the person is. Like, I mean, I, I said in mine that I just knew there was something different yes. but I couldn't find it and it was through people loving me through friendship is what – and it's obviously related to the personality that God gives us as well but then you said that mm. – you went to church, but you're like, no, no sorry, you went to um, uh, Christian school and you're like, the answers were there, but it's like, I'm not ready for the answer yeah. right, right now. But then it's like, here's a book. And totally. then like, no, and that was, and your friend challenging yeah. you as well. And it's just really fascinating to see yeah. how he, he's like, well, I just know you so well that I know what I'm going to do here. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it wasn't about truth or like, it wasn't about truth for me. It was really about. Because well, you already said that you yeah, knew the I truth. Yeah, I knew, I knew the truth. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I did. And I knew what I was doing was wrong. And that um, I was actually acting against my own conscience, you know. And yeah. a lot of that partying and stuff like that was, um, yeah, I, I was definitely making a decision to do the opposite of what I believed was what I should be doing. Yeah. Well, so you describe yourself as a ratbag teenager. Yeah. And you just said that. What What did that mean? <laughs> well, I mean, it's pretty tame, really. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've been... I, now that I'm a mother and I have teenage children, so I, you know, 
they have asked me questions about my teenage life and, and Jai too because he didn't become a Christian. Yeah. He, actually, my husband and I, if no one knows that Jai's my husband. But, <laughs> Who's Jai? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he and I became a Christian, I think, around about the, exactly the same time. Oh, really? So we oh, both right. became Christians in 1998. I can't remember what month specifically either of us became Christians, but he might know specifically for himself. But what a year. Yeah, it was a good year. That's right. So we've been Christians the same amount <laughs> so of time. So were you no. Oh, don't. I was, I was three. Oh, Brayden. <laughs> I think that, that would mean so that's, cool. the year, that's the year Ethan's born, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. He's three years younger right. than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what, yeah. I, why, why do you think you were so rebellious? Or you felt like you were being rebellious and you needed to be? I just wanted to have fun. Like, it wasn't mm. even about fitting in. Like, I mean, obviously, all teenage girls particularly want that to happen. Yeah. But I don't know. But what's fun? I mean, going crazy, going parties, drinking, okay. you know, going out with your friends, dancing, sneaking into nightclubs, you oh, know, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. of that, right? Yep. So yeah. that was the fun. That was the fun I wanted to do. And, you know, this, like my group of friends at school were, pr- again, pretty tame. Like, yes, yeah. there was drinking and some, there was some marijuana, not that I particularly I did not partake in that, but um, Bill Clinton. Oh, I know, no, <laughs> no. It's just smoke has never been an interesting thing to me. I find it disgusting. But um, yeah. yeah, like it was pretty safe rebellion, really. My parents had no idea, and you know there was all sorts of shenanigans going yeah. on about getting away with that back before we all had mobile phones <laughs> and yeah. the internet was everywhere. Uh, but yeah, like that was exciting to me. Like I wanted, I wanted that kind of crazy kind of party life but I pretty much did all of my rebellion by about year 11 to be honest yeah um and by then I was I'd grown up a lot I think you said you didn't find like it was Mm. your interpretation of what would be fun yes wasn't actually fun no what was that and what led you to that realization well I think sort of taking God God seriously and committing my life to him and and really carving out for myself what that looks like in terms of how do you live out your Christian faith like do you you know join ministry do you like they're all of that sort of living for Christ and seeing yeah the world as it is you know in terms of it's being it's God's creation and it's we're in a sinful world blah 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 all that sort of stuff and actually um focusing on what God has designed us to do which is to worship him and glorify him like that's that's where it's at that's where the action's at so definitely learned that it took a while for me to learn that really um but definitely soul revival helped a lot of that like yeah I'm as soon as I stepped foot in soul revival I felt like I was home definitely it took a while I was in another church for about 18 months when I first became a Christian and that was a hard slog in terms of building relationships and I'm not a particularly hard person to, you know, build friendships with. Oh, I, I generally you, it's pretty hard to talk, <laughs> talk to you. Yeah. Like you're pretty closed off. I person. know, right? I'm pretty standoffish. <laughs> you know, I don't really share about myself or anything like. No, like I, I, I make friends everywhere I go. I've never had a problem making friends, but that particular church was very difficult to mm. make friends at. Um, and I think God again taught me a lot through that process like I think that was the test like how badly do you want this faith thing Christine like are you willing to keep coming to church keep sticking it out keep 
you know, working on your holiness and your godliness. and Or is it just fun for you kind of thing? Is it just another friendship group you want uh, to explore, you okay, know? Yeah. And definitely by the end of the 18 months, I was like, yes, like I need, I need a community. This is not – and I like I tried hard. I, you know, we, I was in a Bible study. I invited people out for coffee. Like at that particular church, um, youth group finished in year – 11 or whatever I think year 11 so that the year 12s could have whatever their time without youth group so I kind of joined about that time so I was in year 12 so they already had all these established relationships and friendships and there was no open forum for you know you to go and hang out with church people other than at church so um, it was sort of invitation only you had to be friends with people to get an invitation and I wasn't so it was really hard. It was very difficult. And yeah. it just never – I worked for 18 months. I worked hard on building friendships. And literally I was like, okay, I've had enough. Like I can't do this anymore. I need, I need, I needed particularly Christian girlfriends. Like I really needed Christian women around me to teach me how to be a Christian woman because I didn't know how. Like I was trying to figure it out myself. And um, I, lit- I, mem- I never forget that first night I came to Solis and it was like sumo wrestling with <laughs> pillows wrapped around people. And I was just like, where the hell even am I? Like, what is this? But I'm here for it. Like, I'm totally up for it. It's cool. I'm, I'm not going to wrestle anyone, but I am keen to cheer. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. But like literally I was welcomed in a really genuinely warm way by everyone. You know, and it was just like, oh my gosh, I just remember feeling an exhalation, like, oh, finally, I found no, my people. And yeah. yeah, obviously, I'm still here. So, yeah. <laughs> what, like, how did you find out about Solis or get invited? Do you remember? Well, I know. So, that yeah. was, it was around at the time you got, well, before your, both of your times, but there was a little bit of an exodus. There was a couple of other friends of mine who were at that same church who mm. actually had moved across to Solis before oh, me. And I've again vividly remember Brad Ware coming up to me and saying, "You know, this you can't just you know church hop and like <laughs> he, like, he really bailed me up and he, and it was good because like people were serious about like mm. making a community in your own home yeah, church. Community to and your local church. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And I did have then the opportunity to step him through my last eighteen months and yeah. say to him." what would you do in my situation if yeah. this, this was your experience? And he was like, okay, you're in. You're allowed. <laughs> you're allowed. You the test. We'll let you in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we've actually on this podcast talked a lot about introversion and extroversion. Would I be right in saying that you're an extrovert? Yeah. Christian? It's an interesting – I don't know if it's as black and white as that. And I think yeah, as you get old – Yeah. As you get older um, – Particularly the more demands that are placed on you as a person when it comes to relationships. So for me, motherhood was definitely and still is definitely, you know, a huge part of my energy life and attention. So, yeah, I definitely was an extrovert before kids for sure and still am, but I need heaps more recovery time than I ever did yeah. since oh. having children just purely because that is a 24 7 job like well, it's you like never extroversion into extroversion yes whereas if you're just hanging out like with and you do end up going home that's where your introvert like your introversion time happens yes so when you have children uh-huh. 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 <laughs> like if you're at work for example you're talking to people and then you end up going home and it's just it's, it's a, on it's a very it's on again isn't it's it? on yep. yep and it's on 24 7 like there's yep. no off so yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, yes, I am naturally an extrovert, but um, yeah, I definitely need more recovery time. Yeah. 
And yeah. do, you, but you get, do you get energy from hanging out with people, yeah. talking to people? Yeah. Definitely. Particularly good people, for sure. Uh, the only <laughs> when <reason> good <laughs> yeah. people. I was just going to ask the other question. Does it help you relax? Because this is something I'm trying to work out is that I feel I'm, I've, if I'm stressed and then I go and hang out with people, mm. I feel more relaxed afterwards. I don't know if that's for Yeah, I think it depends on the people yeah, and it okay. depends on the context for me, definitely. Okay. Again, and it depends on my responsibilities. If I'm, if I'm parenting, then that's not relaxing necessarily. Um, because it sort of depends on how my kids are going in that interaction as well. So yeah. I'm sort of got half of my brain thinking about what they're doing and then half of my brain just think engaging with people. So yeah. if it's just me or it's just Jai and I and we're out with people, yes, agree, definitely. But, yeah, it's just different seasons of life, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you moved to Solis. Yes. Sorobol, which is our, was the youth community that we had at Gaimi Anglican. Yes, we, I moved churches straight away it's pretty much after that night like literally within five minutes i'm like these this i'm home like yeah. i definitely felt a how, homecoming. how old were you when you did that oh maybe 19 okay yeah so i became christian at 17 yeah spent 18 months got yeah. confirmed at that other church okay. um which was amazing loved that experience and then yeah moved did you know oh sorry okay this might like skip away from where we are at the moment but line up terms of chronologically mm. like did you know what you wanted to do after high school yes good you guys have got the same brain <laughs> yeah. uh, well done <laughs> <laughs> when it works it was good yes. yeah we've got the same hat on yes yes that's, that's true yeah that might be similar glasses too actually today yes, yes. Mm. i actually copied Braden on that he's a trendsetter well Braden has the full room and i only have half room yeah. And I made sure it was that because he, I knew he had the full room <laughs> glasses. Well, they suit both of you very nicely. So maybe we just transfer when you wear the hats together. Yeah. Mm. I'll take some of your hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's, my hair's great, man. I'm yeah, at 36, it, I'm killing it. You're good job, bro. <laughs> Humble too. Um, anyway, yeah, so you knew what you <laughs> wanted to do. I'm just leaving all of that alone. <laughs> no, no, please so come th- No, because then no one has to edit me when I say something inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so you knew what you wanted to do after high school? Yeah, that was definitely a pivotal part of my life for sure. And it's so interesting, Joel. I'd not heard your story until I listened to your podcast. And... I identified with so much of what you said about being in high school and how you studied and, you know, how you learn even now. So I'm exactly the same as you. So I underperformed academically in all of the way through high school. I mean, kind of... Underperformed as you think you probably could have done better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I put put no attention or time into my (laughs) academics because I was there for like a good time, right? And that was how I approached every class and I would heckle (laughs) teachers about their ties being ugly and (laughs) I was just a rat bag, right? I was. (laughs) Nice tie, sir. I know, I know. Does it really match those pants? No, it really doesn't. Someone needs to give you a colour swash. Like I literally (laughs) was so rude. I was so rude. I really and and since then I actually as an adult have apologised to a number of teachers oh, that on, I've had connections yeah, with. Yeah, trying to wind it back a little bit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had a teacher who again would often give as much as he got in terms of cheekiness. Um, he was my maths teacher for a number of years. Maths is not a strength of mine, and um, I in year before we had two. Um, uh, what's it called, work experiences, one in year 10 and one year in year 11. And before my year 11 one, I decided randomly that I wanted to be a physiotherapist. And um, he literally just flatly said to me, you'll never get the marks for that. And the marks at the time were 96 or something crazy. Uh, And 
I said, oh, sir, that's not very encouraging. Like, what am I going to do now? Like, that's all I want to do. Like, as teenagers do. <laughs> and um, he suggested occupational therapy. Never heard of it. I'm surprised he heard of it. Um, and so he convinced me that I might be more suited to that and that those marks were more achievable. So that I think at the time that was in mid-80s was the UAI for OT. So I organised to do two days at St George Hospital, physio two days OT, and I did one day midwifery because I thought I might want to deliver babies, which I do not and did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I literally, like that was a really, um, that was a God moment because mm. I walked into the physio day one, it was two days physio originally the first two days and I hated it from the the <laughs> moment I arrived. Like all the patients hated the physios, they would whinge and moan and like they're acutely unwell, they're in pain, they've just had a surgery and the physio walks in and makes them go for a walk. Like none of them wanted to do that. <laughs> none of them were interested in doing the repetitions of exercises they had to do in the gym. Everyone was yeah. bored, like, you know, patients were whinging, the physios are constantly trying to motivate them to do it and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> horrific. Yeah. And then I did the OT on the Thursday, Friday and and literally, again, as soon as I walked into that department, I was like, oh, my gosh, these are my people. Like, I, yeah. I straight away had an affinity to them uh, as human beings and just their con like how they thought and how they explained the profession because yeah. I really had no idea what it was. Um, and I had a great two days. Like, I was with maybe six different OTs across the two days, which was, again, was a lot of work for them to organise such a great experience for me. Mm. And every single OT I was with was passionate about it. They just yeah. sold it and were loving it and genuinely loving it, like really enthusiastic about it. And the patients all loved the OTs. Like, mm -hmm. and I went on a home visit and, um, you know, great to get out of the hospital and, the, you know, it was much more positive about what they wanted out of their lives and there was much more buy-in from the patients into the process. So I literally, from that day on, I'm like, right. I have a goal and I'm going to be an OT and I'm going to get those marks and I don't care how much work it's going to take me and I'm doing it. Um, so my marks literally went straight Ooh, up wow. and I had a goal, right? Like yeah. I knew I knew in my soul that that was what I was meant to do and yeah. um, at the time the marks were terrifying and I wasn't sure I would ever get them but – Yep, I buckled down and I made it happen. So, yeah. Well, well done. To the point where I far I actually did get the marks for physiotherapy. Oh, Mr. Did Croft. You really? Mike Croft, I did. <laughs> well, you got over 96 UAI. Well, at the time it came down. <laughs> oh my year was lower. It was like, a I think it was 90. Oh, all right. <laughs> but I did exceed that. And, really? Um, well to the, done. And I shocked the staff, the entire staff, I'm sure. Oh, you must feel good about that. Yeah. Well, to the point where... Get like, some new toys, years, guys. Well, years later... <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I am right about things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know how shocked the staff were because years later when Jai got the job at Helensburg, my very first week... Oh, our very first week as a family at the church, one of the teachers who never even had me, I never, she never taught me, she came up to me on morning tea after the first service and she's like, Christine Humphreys, I remember you got this, 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 to the point. Like she remembered my UAI score wow. to the point. I think that was maybe 10 years after I'd graduated. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So I was that kid. They were like, oh, did you hear? What Christine Humphreys got in her UAI? Can you believe it? <laughs> so something must be wrong with the marks. Or something. <laughs> Seriously, how the hell did she pull that off? But again, similar to what you were saying in your podcast, is that I chose subjects that I was interested in and yeah. I was passionate about learning and I enjoyed. Yeah. So that made studying much easier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and even now, like I can't learn something if I don't want to 
learn about it and yeah. I will become hyper-focused and get very much in, do a deep dive of research about any particular subject I'm interested in and become a little mini expert and I will remember it for whenever as long as I need to so yeah it's very similar yeah mm. sorry I was just remembering where we're up to in your timeline yeah. that's why I was looking yes. a bit blank <laughs> oh right okay. but so yeah did you end up going to uni for that yeah, yeah right straight after yeah so, which uni Sydney Sydney. Yeah, of right. course. So much bragging. Of course. <laughs> I mean, Sydney, of course. Of course. I shouldn't have because they actually offered the worst OT degree Oh, and still do. Like it's still the – Oh, wow. The, Calling out. It's ninjas. bad. I know. What? I was watching – I actually watched Sandy's chip lunch and she went to Sydney a few years ahead of me. And, yeah, she explained there's like literally – she had seven subjects, she said. We had nine. Nine subjects that were each like one or two credit points. It was ridiculous. Nine subjects – Per semester? Yes. It was ridiculous. What? It was the worst designed course on the planet. It was craziness. On the planet. So it was Where, Where's better? Western Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, hey. yeah I know. Yeah. Westie. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm a Western Sydney alumni. You want to do I OT? There's your recommendation. Well, yeah. I mean, in my experience, <laughs> I've now been an OT for about 21 years, but um, all of the graduates that I've worked with have gone to uni, Sydney Uni, plus all the students I've supervised who go to that uni have been the most switched on, the most aware, the most Interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. skilled. Also, yeah. Campbelltown campus is way too long. Just putting that out there. Way too long. Long what? Oh, what do you mean it's, long? It's, it's 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 from one end to the other. Oh, okay. Like oh. actually geographically long. I, like, long. <laughs> I thought I'm you like meant like it takes too long to yeah, get there. Yeah, that's what it I does. thought. It takes a while well, to get I there. Well, I thought you meant it like the it, the degree goes for too long, like too no, many years. Sorry. Well, so it's just the so many definitions of the word long. Yep. <laughs> Physical. Physi- You're taking a long time to say. <laughs> <laughs> Can you it's be nice to Joel? I'm sorry. I can't believe I'm telling you off. <laughs> yeah, Brayden, you're, you're the nice one. Oh, meant to be. <laughs> meant to be. That's oh. so funny. Yeah, she's. I often say, like, you can tell the ones we record in the afternoon <laughs> in the morning. Which is all of them. <laughs> now. now, yeah. You don't get nice Brayden or nice Ethan at yeah, I remember some of the morning ones I hadn't had a very good sleep, so I was pretty, <laughs> pretty all over the place in the morning ones. Uh, Oh, that was my question. So OT has been a big part of your life for a very Mm. long time. What about being a Christian in OT? How does that influence how you approach your job? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's super easy to be a Christian in OT because half the OTs I know are Christians. (laughs) (laughs) It's like teaching. I know, right? There's heaps of Christians. And not only are there heaps of Christians that are OTs, there's heaps of ministry wife Christian OTs. Heaps. Really? Heaps. Heaps, weirdly, yeah. And I think it's because, you know, in a, as a health professional, um, it's a prof- like you actually leave uni with a, with a qualification that you can be employed straight away. Right. And it's obviously a caring, caring role, um, a helping profession. And there's jobs everywhere. I, f- I find generally speaking Christian women and Christian ministry wives are quite practical people who have an understanding that they need to earn money. <laughs> so um, I generally find that that's often why they want to go into that profession. So it's been pretty easy. It was easy at uni. I had lo- lovely Christian friends there. Yeah. Not that my focus was campus ministry. It definitely wasn't. That was in my early days of like deep diving into soul revival ministry and, you know, five nights a week ministry and stuff. Um, but... Yeah, as an OT, as a working OT, I have always worked in teams with other Christians, which has been a huge blessing. But also, personally, now that I work for myself and have for six years, um, in many ways, 
what I do now that I work certainly with kids and families is an extension of ministry. Like I, I really feel blessed that I can bring um, a level of care and commitment to helping people be supported in their lives with whatever they're going through. And most of my families that I work with are struggling in one way or another, some more than others. And it's a real privilege to actually journey with them and partner with them and and meet them where they're at. So Just give us some love. And stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I do. I really genuinely love my kitties that I work with and, and the families and the, pam- you know, the parents and siblings. And we have a really connected relationship, which is it goes beyond earning money you know it's it's such a privilege and i really enjoy it yeah, and i tell. think yeah i think my christian values essentially are they are they do align with my profession um and it's really easy it's always been easy for me i've always understood ot i've always felt comfortable and confident in it and i think a lot of that is about how christ has changed me um to be more like him and yeah, yeah just on a basic level of what are the values of the profession, what are the values of being a Christian, they're very similar. It's really nice. Yeah, it is really nice. It's lovely that you enjoy your job so much Mm. as well, which will obviously help you to have that Christian influence even more anyway. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. And I think at the end of the day, because I have had lovely Christian conversations, conversations about Christ with oh. clients. I'm not illegally allowed to, essentially, but we have we, we know each other. Like we have a, a ongoing partnership over many years. Um, so I do often pray for my clients and my families, and I pray that they would see that the reason I do the do the work that I do in the way that I do it is because I'm trying to honor Christ. Like yeah. that's that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. Well, let's move on from uh, some career stuff now. But what about when you were going to youth? Well, it was a sorry, it was solely, so it's mm. kind of youth community, young adults community. Did you get involved in leadership pretty quickly, or was it a, a little bit of? Is this <laughs> is this Christine girl? She's just crazy. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a there was quite a big time of that. Yes, I didn't <laughs> I didn't do formal leadership in terms of youth leading for until Jai and I started dating so that was probably two years year and a half maybe of just being at Solis I was you know on the wash up roster and took money at the door like I did cafe those sorts of things which I really enjoyed and I was attending a bible study oh gosh Um, I was was thinking about I was thinking of Solis house but that's at the factory isn't it yeah the factory and that's what we we had someone at the door just like taking money and stuff like that too yep sorry Keep yeah, going. I, I know, flashback, hey? Yep. I had a flashback listening to your um, podcast when you said you talked about Karen's car being called the Wobby Gong. I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, I haven't heard that in 20 years. I don't remember I that. laughed out loud. That was the stupidest car. Oh my gosh, it was the best. I was like, oh, that was funny. It was yeah. like driving a giant sea creature. I know, around. I remember. And I remember just <laughs> people so fondly calling it the Wobby God and just that being funny. Just that, <laughs> that, that word is funny. The, 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 <laughs> when did I mention it in my podcast? We Oh, it's yeah, Sandy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It had um, the number plate was WOB. <laughs> okay. And then, like, it's Karen just called it, and her family called it the Wobby Gong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a giant Falcon station wagon. You could fit eight people in it. So, like, it had a bench three seat at the front with three people and three in the middle and then two in the back. Oh, it so was great. Car. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And then, what, like, it was like so old. Like, Karen was driving one day around Bates Drive. Just turned off. 
Gave up the ghost. She she didn't know what to do. So she's like, and then like just like gradually nudged it against the gutter to slow it down. That was like you lose brake pressure when the engine's off, so you don't have brake pressure for a long. You're not able to use the brakes for. Oh, that was lucky. She was able to avoid an accident. Crikey, the wobby gone. Yeah, actually happened to her twice. I think. um, (laughs) I remember driving the thing, and I feel like I'm like. It's like in Harry Potter when they talk about like the cars that they've magically made bigger to fit. Yes. It's like you feel like you're driving that. Like it's just like so wide and so long. You're like again, it's a giant, like a giant. It was blue too, so it's like a giant sea creature yep. around. Anyway, yeah. moving on from the lobby gong. Funny, all these things you forget, you yes. know, yeah. about life, and it's nice to be reminded. So if the leadership thing is tied to you going out with Jai, yeah, shall we talk about <laughs> going out with Jai? <laughs> He's my favourite subject. I'm happy to talk about him. <laughs> what? It's just so Why is lovely. that funny? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if my wife would say that about me. <laughs> Joel's my favourite subject. I know. That's I'm because it's sure. yeah. uh, I have heard this story once. She told it a week away. but <laughs> I actually think in. that week away was your first week away because I was listening to you talking about your first week away. Yep. 2004? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Actually, no. That was our first year of marriage. <laughs> we stayed in the caravan that, that year. <laughs> Joy and I. <laughs> oh. You just had a caravan on your own, didn't no, you? No, no. So we had, yeah, we had lots of married couples and we had, like, we found them out. So Jai, six foot three, Jai was in the caravan berth. <laughs> yeah, that fits. <laughs> With me. It was not comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we didn't do that the following year. Anyway. Yep. Um, yes, Jai and I. Jai and I have a beautiful story, actually, and um, I'm really proud of us because by the time we were – I knew him, sorry – I'm, it's tricky to say from beginning to end. Right. I um, had another boyfriend when I first started coming to Solis and that didn't last very long and then was very happy to be single and, and connect with girls and just be a girl and, and learn how to be a Christian woman, essentially. I was not interested in boys for that period of time, which is very unlike me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Jai was actually the it boy at Soul Revival Church. Oh, uh, Soul Revival pretty, pretty at the cool time. Guy, wasn't he? Yeah. So a number of girls in my Bible study were you know, crushing on Jai and I was like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like I, you know, I said hello to him and goodbye to him, but I'd, I'd never even had a conversation with him because I just avoided talking to boys in that time of my life. And um, so they would tell me about him and I'd be like, oh yeah, whatever, great, go for him. Um, but, <laughs> but then um, randomly it was at my friend's 21st and we just happened to be sitting next to each other. He, he'd come to youth on the Friday night and he came afterwards um, and – we just had a conversation, like literally just talked. And it was like not necessarily electric, but it was like lovely, comfortable, oh. easy and just flowed and we just enjoyed each other's company. And it was a shock to me actually. Like I was like, oh my gosh, that was a really lovely conversation. And then randomly God, as well, God would have it. Um, <laughs> the following week was another friend's 21st of oh. which Jai came to after yeah. youth Friday night, same thing. And again, I didn't specifically go and find him or sit next to him deliberately. I should ask him. I don't know if he tried to find me, but anyway, um, we happened Part to be two. sitting next to each other again and just had another easy, lovely, long, just chat, easy peasy, nothing big. I don't even remember what we talked about, but we just connected and got along really well. And it was at the end of that night, I was like, mm, 
Maybe there is something there about Jai. Yeah. Maybe they're all been telling the truth. This, like. will, help, this will help me one up the Bible study, girls. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we um, then had like a courtship, actually, which was really lovely. We both had had breakups with people that we didn't want to have another breakup again like I was not interested in just dating anyone you wanted to date for long term yeah I was just like the next person I'm gonna date is gonna be my husband like I didn't want to engage in any kind of casual dating Um, (laughs) which is pretty that's a lot to expect of a new connection right like so and we weren't friends like I knew him I was at Solis with him for years but I didn't I wasn't friends with him um, because Neither of us had approached each other. You know what I mean? Like we might have said something as he brought something into the kitchen, I was doing the washing up or whatever. He thought I was crazy and loud, which I was. Which is true. (laughs) (laughs) Which I am, you know, that is me. So I think our impressions of each other were kind of not negative but neutral maybe. Anyway, so we, yeah, we just kind of got to know each other. So I think, I can't remember, we had a, he invited me to some movies with some friends and then Uh, I, you know, we had some chats at Solis and. um, Solis is good for relationships. Yeah, we just got to know each other and, you know, decided whether or not this thing was actually a thing. And it was really nice, actually, really, really nice. So that went on for months. yeah, we had lots of people, like, as you you know, speculation. Ooh, like, are you and Jai going, ah, these sort of conversations? Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, no, we weren't. Anyway, eventually I'd had enough and Jai was – there was we were, there was nothing more than this sort of nice chatting and kind of connection. And I ended up ringing him. He was living at the Collins' house, Kate, Kate Collins, Kate Jones's parents' house at the time. And I vividly remember – this is before mobile phones, so – Phil Collins, who's lovely but t- terrifying. Great singer. Terrifying, yeah. <laughs> the guy Picks up the phone. He's in the gorilla suit, isn't he? <laughs> the Cadbury Oh, the Cadbury yes, yeah, that's so. Phil Collins. Anyway, he picks up the phone. Can I speak to Joe, please? No, oh, sorry, this is terrifying. Anyway, yes. Joe gets on the phone and I'm like, right, what is happening? Like, do you like me? People are saying we like each other. What's going on? <laughs> People are saying. Can you imagine, Jai? <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the uh, other uh, end uh, of the phone? <laughs> 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 Literally, like it was silence. Probably everyone else is listening to it as well. Like, what's he going to say? Who's this girl calling? Yeah, 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 totally. So he was just like, um, yeah, like, yeah, but like, I'm... I don't really, we don't really know each other that well. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, good. Yeah, I like you too. So we should get to know each other more. So we went on a few like casual dates and and then yeah, a week away was when we made it official. Definitely. Yeah. I could have married him the following week. I knew. Like <laughs> I did. Because we did a lot. Like, in those casual dates that we did, we did all of the hard questions. Like we had really? all of those conversations. How did you become Christian? What's your parents like? What do you want out of life? You know, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I never in a million years thought I would be a ministry wife and I did not want to be one and that was a big hurdle for me when I when we were dating and courting and like we did lots of talk about what life would be like if he was to go into you know full-time ministry or go as as a be a missionary or whatever like he was at Bible college at the time yeah. and I was like, "Oh my goodness, okay. So <laughs> this is not the life that I thought I would live." So that 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 took probably a good month longer. If he was just in a any job, I probably probably would have gotten together earlier. But that was a bit of a 
was a bit of a mental, your, emotional, yeah, spiritual say, kind of. Yeah, what's your hang yeah. up there for ministry wives? Because you've mentioned it, it a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't about him or ministry wives or ministry in and of itself yeah. as a profession. It was about me. Like, I was like, I am not godly enough to be a ministry wife. Oh, like an identity oh. thing. Yeah. Well. yeah. Oh, it was just, it was about a perception of what I needed to be to be a ministry wife. I didn't feel worthy to be one. I didn't feel like I could be a good partner for a minister. Um, I didn't think that. I knew enough about the Bible. I, you know, it was about me. It was not about him. Mm. It was not about the ministry itself. It was about me feeling inadequate and like I couldn't do that. It's a lot of expectations on ministry families or ministers themselves. Like, From and when, churches? Well, when I because I became Christian at 17, right? So I entered church. I started my learning about church and about ministry and about ministers themselves at that age. So by the time I'm like 20... And I'm, you know, talking to a boy at, <laughs> at Bible college. Like, that was a big step for a fairly new Christian, right? I was a baby Christian, essentially. Now, yeah. now at the time, I thought I was mature. Um, but <laughs> now, I know how much of a baby Christian I was. But yeah. I definitely had a perception of the, of the um, yeah, just the biblical imperative and um, accountability ministers are under, Um of, of being a professional minister of, of the gospel um, and I didn't know if I was up to the task. And, you know, many days right now still I don't feel I'm up to the task but I'm here, aren't I? Like, I can't take it back. <laughs> Can I ask you a question about that? You said the feeling of inadequacy. Is that something that, you, that is often a struggle for you? Yeah. Isn't it for everyone? Maybe. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Imposter syndrome's massive. Totally. Yeah. yeah. There wouldn't be a day that would go by that I don't think I'm terrible at something or I'm, anyone on the planet would do better at it than me. Parenting, for example, um, wifing. <laughs> I mean, I feel pretty confident professionally, but there definitely are days, many days, where I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to hand this client on because I'm de- doing a terrible job and, you know, someone else would do better and I'm, I'm disadvantaging this family or this child because I'm their therapist. You know, there's lots and lots of those moments I have, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. How, do you, how do you think um, God helps you with that? Um, yeah, like that's a good question. Feeling, when you're feeling inadequate, are you just like going, God help me not feel inadequate? Because I feel like I used to mm. struggle with that a lot more, mm. not as much as I used to, but it's still a struggle sometimes for me. Yeah, well. yeah. I think I probably need to pray about it more. That's probably good advice. <laughs> oh, sorry, I wasn't. <laughs> no, I think that that's <laughs> that's helpful. No, no, I don't. I think it's helpful that you said that. Um, how is God helping me with that? I think circumstances that have come my and our way as a family have helped me understand the value of how, who God has made me to be and, and the kind of skills and, and talents I bring to the picture or to the party in terms of ministry. Uh, over the years, lots there's been lots of really encouraging people who've thanked me for my personal ministry and and for the person that I am more than my ministry like that's a really because you can do lots of physical ministry right you can do ministry but when people actually thank you for the person that you are and and the 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 essence of you yourself and how that that's made the difference for them or that's helped encourage them or whatever got them through a hard time or whatever that's really encouraging. That yeah. definitely makes me feel like I'm not an imposter and that, you know, I don't need to I think that's revealing because like I that. feel like that's how I feel about you. Like I think Aww, you're the same. That's lovely, yeah. And I think 
I mean, uh, my my next question was going to be like, <laughs> Jai did go into ministry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and has been yes. for a very long yes. time. But I remember when, obviously, uh, I've said a number of times before, Jai was one of my leaders in youth group. And then we eventually started coming, I think when we were leading Rev, we mm. came to your house mm. to Bible study. Yeah. And I remember that Jai wasn't being paid very much. No. And <laughs> you had just had Amelia, I think. Tobias by that stage. Maybe even Tobias. Yeah, yeah. it was in Grace Point, Angle Road. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's right. Yeah. Um, and like I think you were doing it tough. Mm. And I, but I, that didn't mean, it didn't stop you from opening your house every single week. Mm. And yeah. like making food, you made heaps of food and you were always having great discussions with everyone. So I think the way I was saying is that like even from then I knew mm. that that is what you were best at. Yeah, thank so, you. That's encouraging. No, I was just thinking, oh, it's a memory that I have, that's all. They're some of my happiest memories, I have to say, like that Bible was, study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were only there for three years. I think that's when we invented Time Pie. Yeah, we, we definitely, and yeah, we did invent Time Pie, <laughs> Ty, you get, you, which had does one, endure to yeah, this day. Ty, you had Thai food and apple pie. <laughs> the end of every term. <laughs> so we just it got the Time great. Pie night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a long time ago. It wow. was a long time ago, yeah. Tobias is 14. Well, yeah. Amelia, who's had it on the podcast, would have night terrors. Yeah. When we were there. Yeah. <laughs> Nate still has them. Yeah, so, right. you know, if you come to my house, <laughs> our Bible study on a Tuesday night has um, witnessed a few of those. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think, again, that's an example of you showing you, like, being a mum. Mm. I think that's really important for people who are perhaps going to become parents or parents to see mm. you doing that as well. Mm. Like, it's, like, you talked about being a parent is tough, and it, and it is tough, but... To show that life is hard and messy is really important. I learn a lot from you, mm. like going, "Oh, Joe and Christine are doing it tough, but they're still like looking after us yeah. as leaders." And I think that speaks to how much you guys cared about us. Mm. But that was because you knew that Jesus cared about you, mm. and I think that was really special. Yeah. And I suppose leading to my next question is, what's ministry like? Like you've had to do it for so long now, you didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's been a thing for how long? It'd probably be. Well, we just celebrated our twentieth wedding anniversary. So right, yeah. So Jai, <laughs> when we got married, he was working part time for the church. Yep, um, it was two and a half days or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, started as indigenous minister and then yep. yeah took over Rev. But he was doing like five days of work. Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't ask how much Jai works. Um, yeah, how is it? How is it now? Oh, just across that time. Yeah, it's been a journey. It's so – God is so good um, and I am so thankful for our journey. We've had a rough – we've had a rough yeah. set of circumstances thrown our way that haven't been – a lot of them haven't been our choice or, you know, we've chosen something and then things have happened that were unexpected and um, really difficult and God has – grown both of us all of us our whole family through that so beautifully and I am thankful for all of that those journey those experiences um at the time I was definitely not thankful for it (laughs) or or I was like okay god like you just you know you just dig in and you get it done right you just keep it going so there was definitely particularly Nara those first few years in Nara were really rough um in terms of yeah Nate was toddler and he was very difficult hard lots of hard work lots of meltdowns lots of full-on stuff and it was us like we were rebuilding that whole entire ministry just the Jai and I together trying yeah. to bring community the concept of community to 
you know, a, ch- a church and a group that hadn't had that model to them before. So that was that was rough. But um, I think ministry wifeness. It's <laughs> really tricky because I I thought you might ask me this question, and I did think about how my my personal journey with the Lord has evolved. And there's so many different parts of my life that have been through seasons. So before kids, super easy to be Christian, right? Super easy to commit myself to the Lord and and do the get in and do the work and um, feed myself and listen to feed myself in terms of like spiritually, um, read the Bible, listen, have good habits, listen to sermons, you know, attend events, do outreach, you know, all that sort of stuff. Easy. Um, and then once kids came along, that looked different. And then each child that we've added to the family, obviously it's looked different again because the responsibilities are huge. And as a ministry wife, Jai is the one, like he has to be at all those events, right? So if the children need someone to be at home, it, it always has to be me unless he's on leave or, you know, whatever. So, um, and the other thing about ministry life and parenting and attendance of church or events is that he's working when we're here. So, yeah, we're all here as a family, but I don't have that. Like other families who attend church have two parents to help look after the children while they're at church. Um, I didn't. I had one. It was me. It was me. So it's been, an, it's been a really tricky um, set of circumstances where I've tried to find how I personally get fed and how I personally contribute to relationships and culture and also be a parent so it's been a it's been a tricky one yeah because the story i mean just to kind of go back over the story is that you guys had to leave Gaimia anglican yeah which is a really difficult time yes um and then so you first went to john got a job at helensburg anglican yes. church yep. and then you moved down to Nara. Yeah, well. so we're at Helensburg for three years yep. and then, yeah, now for five and then back to survival. I can't believe it eight, was that long. Eight years <laughs> out. <laughs> I don't want to call it the wilderness because it definitely wasn't. We yeah. had a beautiful we had a beautiful experience at both churches, amazing people and, yeah. and God was good and Jai's, Jai and mine ministry, because he definitely could, have, could not have done it by himself, not just like me looking after home and him working, it, like we did that ministry together yeah. at both churches. Yeah. It was it was definitely a partnership. Um, yeah, it, it and God God grew and blessed it. He did. It was hard. It was definitely hard. Um, and it took a lot of energy and, yeah, yeah connection with us as a team. But, um, yeah, God, God was super, super good in terms of building – you know, faith in people's hearts and pe- people's connection to each other and people's connection to the Lord and growing in numbers, gr- growing in giving. We saw some really beautiful fruit, which was, which is a blessing, right? Like a lot of people do hard work and amazing ministry and don't see fruit. So super thankful for that. But yeah. I also remember that when you did come back to Sorrowful, we had a time by night. We did. <laughs> wasn't that fun? I remember leaving that and saying to Karen, my wife, this is in inverted brackets or whatever. This is their reward for going or having yeah. to go away for eight years. Yeah, yeah. Is to have you guys back. Yeah. And I know that you you guys both tried to implement soul revival elements mm. at the churches you were at and found it really difficult to be able to do that, mm. especially when you you're saying you're now trying to rebuild the ministry. Mm. Um, and you've talked to us about your kind of learnings around that time. Just what's the one key thing you think would stand out from that time? Mm. And I'm also thinking, like, just in terms of 
my brother here, Brayden, who is yeah. slogging away at, yes. at college. <laughs> I moment. know, Brayden, we've been there, done that. Yeah. I studied for 14 <laughs> years. <laughs> we had this conversation on Sunday. <laughs> and you said 14 exactly the same way. Four Literally. Teen. 14 years. Wowee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Crazy. laughs> and worth every second, definitely valuable to learn um, about the Bible, but I, I feel you and Beck in terms of the, the, the sacrifice that is. It's it's a big sacrifice in every area of your life to to, to dedicate yourself to that study. So good on you. you. Uh, what's the biggest thing I learned from being away? Was that the question, Joel? Well, I'm just thinking about how you, you first were like, I don't want to be a ministry wife. Yes. <laughs> and, then I'm and then you're talking about like, you, then you went from... Well, you, it's really been four churches, hasn't it? It's yep. been Guymere, yep. four churches. Uh, Helensburg, Nowra, mm-hmm. and then back to so- back at Sorrow Bible. Yeah. What's the, I think just, it's more the key learning of like, you've learned to sacrifice yourself so much, but you also said there's lots of fruit. So I'm just kind of mm. thinking about like, is there one thing that you'd see over those eight years where you're away from, uh, left after leaving Guymere, that you think that God taught you the most? Yeah. I think... Ultimately, the biggest lesson is that it's worth it. Ah. It's worth it. Like it's worth the effort. It's worth the sacrifice. It's worth the cost. It's worth the blood, sweat and tears. It's our purpose. I definitely feel that very strongly and always have. Um, But much more when you have to work for it, right? So it's all good and well to be in a church where everything, you've got your mates and you love it and you're committed to the vision and everyone as At the end of the day, guy, guy was well, like any that. church, like I think any Christian in any church, when things, when they're settled, they've got their friends, they've got their community, they they believe in the mission, you know, it's it's easy and you've got backup. Um, that's that's one thing to be a Christian in that setting. To be a Christian in a, in a setting where that's all gone and you have to start from scratch and um, that's hard. That's yep. really hard. And again, you have to just recommit yourself to the Lord and to the vision and to the purpose of this is this is worth it. Like all the sacrifices we're making right now, we could be working full time somewhere else and living in a lovely place and, you know, making decisions based on what we want to do. But um, that's that was not what we did. And um, it was worth it. It's definitely yeah. worth it. It still is worth it. I mean, just because we're back here doesn't mean we're not sacrificing other things. Of we all of us sacrifice, right, to be a Christian and to live for the Lord. But um, I think in that period of time, even when it was hard, even when it was, um, yeah, even when the sacrifice felt high, it was still worth it. Definitely, I think that's the biggest thing. But yeah. also, um, the value of doing and ministry together with a team, like gosh, that is the gift. That's the gift. That's 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 what we're doing it. Well, we're obviously doing it for the Lord, but doing it with each other and having those relationships that yeah. makes all the difference. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that, I feel like that's what you were fighting for at, at these other places. Absolutely, where, and, we and, and were because you had that experience at Sora Revival. Yes, you, this is a great way to do it. And then yeah, it was difficult for you to do that in the other two places, and but it was still hard. And we had glimpses of that, and we definitely got to that. Yeah, in Nara, we left Nara in in a really happy, healthy place, which was again a great way to leave. Like they were, the team down there are beautiful, gifted, godly people who were committed to each other and to the Lord and. Yeah. And that was that was a blessing to leave the church in that state. Um, 
whereas we found it was quite disconnected and there was all sorts of things happening in that church that were causing that. But, um, yeah, that's what I learned, I think. I think it's just important to hear because mm. maybe not many people hear that yeah. kind of story. So especially yeah. from ministry wives. <laughs> we should just call, call the podcast <laughs> Ministry Wives. Oh my gosh, don't. Because every other ministry wife in the, fa- in, the, in the church will be like, Christine, I need to go on and it's right a, some wrongs. Well, it sounds like a reality show. Like <laughs> Housewives of OC. It's Ministry Wives. Um, you've, t- you've spoken a lot about joy, your favourite topic. Yes. But also being a mother. Yes. What has God taught you through that? We oh like to gosh. ask people, like parents, yes. to come on. It's like, what has God taught you through? Yeah. Being a mum. God has taught me that he is in control and that I am not (laughs) (laughs) through having been a mother more than anything else. Definitely God humbled me from the moment Amelia came into this world and taught me that um, I needed to rely on him for every part of everything all the time and I'm constantly having that battle still <laughs> like it's not I don't find that easy to relinquish control um in the big picture I do but in the daily grind yes yeah. hard much harder and it's also when you like they use your children yes harder. well I mean I think if anything when I actually really do meditate on it the fact that Jesus and God loves my children more than I will ever or could ever is hugely um yeah, it's a relief, isn't it? So thank the Lord for that. Can, can you imagine parenting without God? Like I can't even. Uh, no. The thought of that is yeah. terrifying. I think about that, I'm like, where would I be Yeah, being a Christian now? I know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, yeah. keep going. Right? <laughs> talking about me again. I know. <laughs> Joel's podcast. Oh. <laughs> Joel Revival. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so anyway, God has taught me um, about being a parent that um, – Probably, I mean, for me, the quickest way to improve my godliness and humility and um, my my desire not to rely on my own strength or self has that 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 is like immediately <laughs> as a parent that I had to I couldn't I literally could not it was forced upon me <laughs> just through the circumstances of that how how challenging it was um, yeah looking after Millie as a baby who cried all the time and. Yeah. Um, was really hard. So, yeah, but that's cons- – I mean, as they've grown up and things have changed, you know, I'm still not in control. I will ne- I can never be in control and they are themselves and they will do what they will do and I can shepherd and hopefully guide them and encourage them and but they will still do what they will do and, you know, I have to give that to God. Like, so it's, it's in many ways it's definitely enforced godliness, that's for sure, or reliance on God for yeah. sure. Yeah. And just tell us who your children are. Oh, so Amelia's 17. And Tobias That's an interesting middle name. Amelia, Elizabeth. No. What? What was the middle name? 17. Oh, (laughs) Amelia's 17. I missed it. (laughs) When you have to explain a joke, it doesn't really land, does it? It did not land. (laughs) (laughs) Amelia is 17, Tobias is 14, and Nate is 11. So... Busy. <laughs> Amelia's almost an adult. <laughs> yeah, no, legally an adult. I know, legally, legally right? Legally exactly. It's wild. Let's put it that way. I know. I mean, it's wild that Ethan's an adult, right? Like, yeah, that was that when true. I first came to Solis, Lou was pregnant with Ethan. So that's that's how I met Ethan. He was in I don't Lou's think I've tummy. Ever told Ethan this, but I remember uh-huh. meeting Ethan, and I I was thirteen, so he would have been ten uh-huh. in the car park of. 
Got me Anglican. Got me Anglican. <laughs> and I thought, what a friggin' dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love him. And you I guys like best friends. We're best friends, but I was just like, <laughs> cool. And then you learn that only the best people are dorks yes. or crazy yes. or, you know. Yes, I was just trying to be a cool 13-year-old. Like, <laughs> yeah. How'd you go with that? We'll see. <laughs> Still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> Still working on it. But yeah, excellent. Before I ask the last question, Brady, you got any other questions for Christine? I don't know. I feel like we got to like 2006. Like yeah. It always feels this way where we've got... There's so much more. Yeah, there's yeah. so much more. I know. Part two, part two. I feel like I've talked a lot about post-2006, definitely. Know, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> that's very, very um, lovely of you, Brayden. Not currently. <laughs> I'll, I'll write in later if I... I've got, one, I've got one more question before I ask the final question. Mm. Was it exciting to come back to Soul Revival? Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. Yeah. And look, we, you know, we came back with eyes wide open. Like, we were not expecting Utopia or, like, you know, it was... It was eight years of our life that we missed out on yeah. Soul Revival's journey and people's yeah. journey. Um, so we, we definitely had, I think, realistic expectations of what it would be like and it has it has met those expectations but exceeded it. But, I mean, this is where we belong. You know, these are our, this is our family. Um, yeah, it's it's been interesting. Um, so it's been wonderful is the answer to come back to Soul Revival. But the other answer is that because we're at a different stage of life, like it – you know, at my personal ability to connect to the community is is not as much as it was before we left. So, um, yeah, because I just not, I'm busier and my kids are a different stage of life, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So I would love to spend more time, um, yeah, with people hanging out, doing all the crazy stuff. But yeah, it's lovely. Jai gets to do that, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm your happy kids for him. Do, too. And the kids do absolutely. They do, yeah. and they feel like it's home. Like they've always felt like that. Because even though we moved away. Amelia was five and Tobias was three and when we moved oh no 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 that was when we moved to Nara. when we moved to from Guimere Tobias was just born like 10 month old crawling he, I remember at our farewell lunch he was like stealing everyone's thongs and like walking <laughs> around with them in his hands while he's crawling um so it's been home to them because when we've visited week away or when we've, when Jai's had leave, we've always come back up and visited. Yeah. And so they've, that's been a touchstone for them their whole lives. Definitely. Yeah. I remember being a really like, it was obviously, I had one, I think I had one term of rev with you and Jai mm. running rev. And I remember like, it obviously was a very sad thing when you guys had to leave and it was a bummer. But I also remember, I think it was the first service Jai ran at Helensburg. I wasn't a, I, well, I probably debatable whether I was a Christian at that point, but I was, I was hanging out with the Springs and they're like, no, we're going to Helensburg tonight Aww. because Jai is, it's, we got to support Jai. Yeah. So it's like, it's like you left, but you were never really left. Yeah. No, we weren't. Yeah. And that's yeah. what, that's what family is, isn't it? Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. So yeah. God is good. When, definitely when we knew that there was a possibility that the church would be able to put us on on or die on for a job. It was, it was amazing. Like I vividly remember that time just thinking, oh wow, Lord, like we didn't, we always hoped we would come back, but we didn't know if that was going to be in God's will or plan. And so we had to just be okay with that and fully commit in the churches that we were in at the time. Mm. And we did, like I really do believe we did, but it's always been home. Yeah. Last question. Yes. Uh, what do you wish you knew 
like that you know now that you wish you knew when you were a younger Christian? Yeah, I think I've answered. Oh, maybe younger Christian. I thought you were non-Christian is definitely that the action is oh, here. Right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. Yeah. Um, younger Christian. Mm, it's not about me. I think, <laughs> you know, in those first years of being a Christian, and again, even in just my gra- grappling with the concept of be- being a ministry wife or whatever, it was about, I was thinking it was about me, you know, like, yeah. am I good enough? Can I ever do that? Can I be like this person or this person? It's not about me. It's about God. And yeah. when that is, that is the focus, then everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's really short and sweet. It's yeah. really nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you would say. You just say to your younger self, "Everything's okay because it's not about you." Yeah, I think yeah, right. so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice answer. Well, it's been lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank As you. I said, I think there was many more things we could yeah delve into, but yeah, exciting, not boring. Oh, well, <laughs> that's the thing. It. That's what I was going to say. Is it's that a book like, end. <laughs> look at that? But I think like we were going to call it exciting. Well, we will call it exciting or boring. But I think like what you've mentioned in a lot of the things is that. Things that you would perhaps considered boring before mm. are actually some moments that you've really embraced as well. Mm. So it's it is boring to be doing ministry when you're struggling with yeah. money and all that kind of stuff, or when you're battling to try and build up ministry teams and and, yeah. and your ministry at, at different churches and stuff. So I think that's the the life of a Christian as well is it's not always exciting. No. And it can actually, you know, it's boring. It can be boring. It can be hard. Yeah. But I think that's hopefully what people have learned from you listening to this or, or watching. Oh. <laughs> that like God is with you all the time and it's not about you and you're mm. doing it for his glory. Mm. Whether it's exciting or boring. Yeah. Yep. But you are pretty Agreed. excitable too. I know. I do like a little bit of crazy time, like, let's be honest. <laughs> Life's way too short to be boring. Yeah, I think that's true. Or One of my favourite quotes that I used to have on my email signature was, is the singer from The Darkness. And he said, if it's worth doing something, it's worth overdoing. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I like that quote. Yeah, I never got good. an email from you, so that's the first time I've heard I'll it. I'll send you one right oh. now. <laughs> <laughs> Custom signature. Yeah, here it comes. Joel is Brandon, at, me Joel is at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear cool. but it's been really lovely to thank have you, you for having me that yeah. wasn't scary at all so if anyone gets asked by Joel to come on the on the chip lunch yep. it wasn't scary you did great they were nice to me <laughs> Brandon was not nice to me oh. <laughs> <laughs> need, to, need to take some shots so <laughs> it is to, your podcast need to keep you humble bro <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Christine. Thank you. Thank you, Brayden. Thank you, everyone listening or watching. And we always finish with a one way. Yeah, one way. One way.